You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. And welcome back to the Oz Network. We're continuing with our coverage of Nip Tuck Season 1. We're up to Episode 11, which is Montana Sassy Justice. It's got to be the best patient name ever. Uh, and I uh, hope you're going to enjoy this episode. My name's Nick, and I laughed, I cried, I came. And my name is Ben, and I may not be much with a mentoplasty, but I can assure you I'm a goddamn expert when it comes to putting a rubber on my dick. <laughs> well, oh, I don't think I've got anything to add to that. <laughs> I'll just get myself in trouble. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's the Oz Network. We need to get some trouble every now and then, right, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And um, this is quite an interesting episode, because I think in a lot of ways we start to um, tie together a lot of what's happening in the season, because um, the last two episodes kind of start to feel like their own thing, where we uh, we get Escobar back on the scene. Um, so this is kind of like your last really, like, normal episode because i think this whole season kind of is about introducing these characters and who they are and and getting the kind of interpersonal complications going between them and um that all kind of gets put on hold a wee bit when we kind of get into the escobar stuff that finishes off the season but we'll uh, we'll get into that at a later episode so it's so it's going to be fun to kind of go through this one and we've got a really oh well i think anyway a really fascinating central patient for this episode and it's obviously a little bit of a you know, not completely light, light, but compared to our last episode, it's, you know, sunshine and rainbows. But um, two things that obviously stand out the most in this episode, Gina and Annie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting all our minor ca- minor characters, uh, even though one of them probably shouldn't be a minor character. Uh, we're getting them all here. So, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, we kick off straight away with, with uh, Montana Kane, who's uh, coming in because she wants to get rid of her tankles. Uh, which is not a term I've heard anywhere else except on this show. I don't know if that's something that's common in Australia. But, I've heard um, cankles, I've heard but can- never tankles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely, um, maybe it's an American thing. Who knows? But, um, yeah, she's she's coming in to, to do that. And, uh, obviously, the, the the doctors are quite intrigued by this. But, um, you know, we, we get pretty quickly into the whole thing with her. And her, she's been in therapy for 10 years, I think it is, when they yeah. talk about that. Um, yeah, and so that, you know, that becomes... I'm not quite sure why that's hugely relevant to her getting her, her tangles sorted out. But, um, you know, obviously it will become important later on. But we don't know that at this point. So it's, I guess, just a little bit of setup. So, yeah, we, we're just starting off with Mon- Montana, Montana, I suppose you'd say, um, in, in this scene here. But uh, we quickly go into the scene with Gina, which is, I'm sure, what you're really going to want to get to here. I, just, I mean, just one thing, this whole scene when we're meeting her, I'm like screaming, where's Grace? Where's Grace? Like he's a woman who's got 10. And like, I I don't even buy, I know I'm jumping way ahead here, but when we kind of get that, you know, explanation of why wasn't I there in this uh, consultation and Sean kind of says, oh, well, she's been in, you know, therapy for 10 years. I didn't think I need you. I would think the opposite. Like if she's needing therapy for 10 years, wouldn't you want to have your psychologist there? Like what? This is... Grace, I, I don't know why I've defended Grace in this entire season. Like, she's just useless. She's just never used. And it's just, it's ridiculous that they've got an on-staff psychologist who's not there. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. Oh. And it's, it's funny, like, um, you know, even later on in the episode, you know, when they actually go and see um, Montana's psychiatrist or psychologist, um, they completely disregard her advice yeah. anyway. So, you know, you know, yeah, she she is a bit of a... You're starting to get the feeling that she is a bit of a quack in this episode, eh? Like, oh. she's not really earning it way. So, you know, that's that's really interesting. It's just oh, it's just ridiculous. It really is. I can see why they got rid of her. I don't know. Or maybe, again, it's not her fault. It's just they just was, couldn't do anything with her, perhaps. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Gina, this is that one I think I mentioned a few episodes ago where she spins around in the chair and she's like, hey, yes. asshole. And, like, again, I wanted yeah. to open with, hey, asshole. But look, there's always other better lines. I'm going to save that for another episode. But just yeah, this whole this whole exchange between the two of them is just so amazing. What does Christian say at one point? It's like, oh, I think I need to bomb my chair for crabs. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty brutal, eh? But I just love the whole thing. Like, obviously, the the bombshell that's getting dropped here is that she's pregnant, and um, you know, and you know, you referenced it in your opening line about um, you know, he knows how to put on a condom, so he's not entirely convinced that it's his. Um, and yeah, no, it's it's just really interesting, you know, going on about you know, either either it's an immaculate conception, I'm carrying Satan's yeah. baby, or you know, like. The whole thing is just, yeah, and I mean, just like so many characters in this thing, you know, these two have just got a really natural kind of chemistry between the two of them, and it's it's, it's a joy to watch, really. It's so good, and I love her line there, too, when um, she's basically... 
Like, what did, what did Chris say? He's like, oh, why does it take you so long to, to tell me? And she's like, because I only just worked it out. Because of my bulimia, I have sporadic menstrual cycle. I'm also frequently nauseous, and I spent a great deal of time in denial. <laughs> like... I just love Gina. She's just so brutal. And then she's just, she's kind of like, a, I don't want to say a hypochondriac. That's not the right word. But she's always like one of these ones that has a lot of things going on for them, but they're not afraid to just spurt it out. You know, you know we all know one of those people who it's kind of like, oh, how are you? Oh, yeah, I've got really bad period pains. It's kind of like, well, okay, didn't really need to know that. Yeah. But thanks for sharing. <laughs> and yeah, she, I that's, that's Gina. That, I that's what they call. Yeah, I think that's what's what's known as TMI, isn't it? Too pretty much, much. Pretty much. Yeah, all us all us men out out there, we just don't want to know these things. I think. No, no, not at all. This is where this is where we need our 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 female on the panel that can give us, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the female kind of perspective on this one. But we don't. Have the it, Oz so. Network, a very uh, masculine podcast. Uh, I mean, Noah hasn't been on an episode yet, so we haven't got that female perspective. But you know, he'll he'll arrive at some point. Well, I was going to say, I mean, be careful what you say there because um, just because it's two blokes doesn't necessarily make it masculine yeah. if it's you and me, Ben. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That <laughs> is anyway, true. Uh, anyway, we, get, we get, get through the credits and we move on to, um, you know, Sean and Christian kind of talking about the fallout with this and um, you know, talking about the whole thing, you know, condoms and the, you know, the, the efficiency rate and all that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure Sean's of a lot of help here. You know, like it's one of those scenes that they've done to, you know, make him look a little bit wooden and, you know, here's the facts on the situation. But, you know, he's not particularly helpful as a best friend in, in some ways, you know, in the scene. He's a little bit kind of... Um, Oh, um, sterile, I guess, is probably the word for that. Unlike Christian, who obviously uh, <laughs> isn't. But the, the what, what my question here is, and, and I, I don't know if I'm just not educated when it comes to the use of uh, contraception, what the hell is a spermicide? When he said, when Nick, uh, Nick, you're Nick, when Sean says um, condoms are most effective when used with a spermicide, is there something I missed in sex education class? Yeah, I, I, I think you have there, actually, because I think that is like a... Um, basically like a kind of like a lubricant but it's also a you know a kill sperm basically really that's a uh, thing <laughs> yeah yeah wow yeah i don't know do you want me i've just i've just pulled up please on, do uh, educate me up, here nick i have never heard of that before yeah. in my life <laughs> it's a contraceptive substance that destro- destroys sperm inserted veg ve- oh jesus inserted vaginally <laughs> <laughs> nick shocked himself um, all of a sudden oh vaginal insertion that's disgusting <laughs> Um, it just wasn't quite a word I was prepared to say. Um, you know, one of those yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a birth control method that contains chemicals that stop sperm from moving. It's available in different forms, including creams, film, foams, gels, and suppositories. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, wow. It can be used alone, um, or it can be used with other birth control methods to make them more effective. It's always used. It is always used with the diaphragm and cervical cap. Hmm. Okay. Don't say that show's not educational. Well, I seriously am educated. Like, I, you know, clearly know about condoms um, and diaphragms and pulling out, but I've never quite heard of spermicides. Yeah, I don't recommend pulling out, by the way. That's not effective in most of the occasions. Right. Yeah. Shut up, Ben. No, that goes out. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's let's segue out of this one. Eh? I think I think we've probably talked through enough about spermicide for one day. But um, uh, one of the scenes I want to get to here, which is you know we're talking about this whole thing, and um, you know Sean kind of snaps a little bit. At, uh, sorry, Christian snaps a little bit at Sean, and uh, we get into the whole thing. You know that Sean's still grieving over Megan and everything. And um, one of the things that I'm I'm really disappointed in because I think that what the show does really well is that it shows you that doesn't tell you you know the important scenes and you know the good scenes on this one are where things happen you don't get told about them happening but we have a bit of a, a screw up here because who in the world doesn't want to see Sean dressed up as a sad clown <laughs> that's that is a scene we should have seen yes I look I I have literally written pretty much the same thing I'm like why haven't we seen this a and he's having a birthday. The best thing we have missed, clearly, so far in Nip Tuck. Exactly as you said, Sean is a sad clown, and he's getting given cookies. Like, this is... this Is yeah. this is, is this is a deleted scene that exists out there that they just couldn't do, so they just decided to quickly go with a quick little, you know, explanation? Because at this point, I'll tell you one thing. If we, don't, if we didn't get Annie, which we do in a couple of minutes, get excited, Annie fans, I would have lost my shit. I would have lost that 1% of, of respect for Ryan Murphy, because that would have made me mad. 
yeah exactly yeah so I'm, i wonder if it's like yeah like a cut scene or you know that maybe they sketched this out you know and, and looked at it and it just looked too ridiculous and out of place that they didn't do it or maybe the most obvious solution is that it was probably just a throwaway line and you and i are, are talking it to death but it is just too good to not talk about so we kind of have to talk about that but um let's get into the surgery because this i think this is like one of the the cool surgery scenes and obviously we get some you know some good rod stewart music to go along with it but um yeah i mean this is uh, gruesome not the right word but you see a lot in this this surgery scene and uh i think it's a really effective one actually i, I would say it is a bit gruesome just kind of how it goes across but yeah I, I mean just the editing the way they do it and they kind of it fits in with the music um hot legs by rod stewart if you're playing at home and want to download it we can be your personal shazam every now and then but um yeah, it's it is kind of it's very effective how it's it's edited, and I like it's kind of like going back to quickly what you're saying about how the clouds and how Christian's obviously shocked that he wasn't invited, and then kind of like straight away she's kind of into Hot Legs by Rod Stewart, um, but yeah, it's it's because we haven't really I guess had a a real musical surgery scene in a few episodes. I feel like we've had surgery scenes with music but not to this extent so it kind of it felt fresh again didn't it because it had been a few episodes since we've really had one like this at least anyway yeah yeah it's um i do like it when they just you know we we play the music and we see the scene and you know nothing kind of cuts away from that and i think that's it's always really quite effective so yeah and i mean you obviously make that important point which which gets us on to the next scene which is you know that, that christian got left out of the birthday party and he's really not happy about that and you know so we get to the next scene where julia's at home opens the door and here's christian with this budgie in a cage and you know, just, i just i just i mean you know we're, i know you're going to bring it up if i don't but the whole line he's does you know about you know, if it doesn't work out, you don't have to flush it. You just bake it at 300 and serve it over rice. And I mean, it's, it is so brilliant because it is such a brutal, brutal line just to get to her. And, you know, it absolutely works a treat. So, you know, Annie's happy with this budgie and calls it Pekka. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, it's quite a quite a cute little scene between them, really. But um, yeah, Julia's not, not really interested in any of this and, you know, is giving him, you know, the do over about what he knew about sean and megan and you know to to, to christian's credit he says i wasn't going to screw over my my mate here i was going to keep his secrets and you know I've, I've got a back christian there it's you know not his place really to tell julia i don't think but she she handles it well the way she kind of said like oh how you know how aren't you betraying him what you did with me it was kind of like you know that was it was a good line by her that that she kind of points that out but um yeah i just i just had to point out Oh, God, we love Annie. Why isn't she not in more of this? Kelsey Ballin. Like, I'm so sad that this is like we're getting two-minute scenes of her every now and then. Um, so how old is she now? So, well, she, they said she was eight. They said it was her eighth birthday. Um, but I just love... She's like eight. Oh, in real life now. Oh, God. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, I'll, I'll find out for you. But just, just quickly, I love the way um, she just basically gets this bird straight away. And then she's just like... He knows me. He keeps pecking at my finger. <laughs> it's just like, this is the most pointless throwaway line, but it's just, there's just something about it that's just so awesome. Am I the only, am I just overselling Annie? Because <laughs> like, she just gets more awesome with every two minute scene she's in. Uh, she would be 22 now. She turns 22 this year. Just to, uh, to clarify that quickly, I, I quickly pulled that out. Again, she hasn't been in anything since Nip Tuck, so I don't know what she looks like now. But, um, I just even then, like the way she kind of goes, like, "Oh, you need to name him." I know, Pecker. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, what does Julie say? Go introduce um, Pecker to Frisky. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. God, why isn't she in more? Come on, please. <laughs> like this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess if, if I'm going to take your, your question seriously, <laughs> it's probably that she's just. You know, she really is just a, you know, a functional character, really. Um, you know, does this show really need, certainly in these early seasons, you know, Annie really doesn't need to be there. I think we probably get a little bit more of her later as the, as the whole She always um, needs to be there, Nick. It's, it's Annie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose so. And I, my whole thing is that if you're going to have a character like this, use them, you know. Um, and so it's, it is actually nice to see her, you know, kind of coming in, you know, kind of, 
portraying that that um that piece of innocence that the rest of this this cast certainly don't have they're all they're all pretty guilty of something well one thing i just really have to quickly say because now that you've told me to look up to see how old she is the fact that she's now what 22 she turns 22 this year i've literally googled uh kelsey battalane uh 2017 there is nothing not a thing she doesn't have a twitter but i have found an instagram account it says kelsey's gone fishing and it's got kelsey battalane uh, her subtitle is easily distracted by dogs love heart austin love heart i'm guessing that's the city unless she's in love with a guy called austin and the little photo it has to be her it looks like her like an older version of annie holding a fish up in some grass and it's in a private account, though. So I'm going to click follow on her, and let's hope she accepts my request. And then maybe this is step one to getting Annie on the Oz Network. <laughs> it all began here. It all began with Kelsey Gone Fishing on Instagram. <laughs> Gotta love Instagram, eh? Oh, it's, it's so hurt. It, I'm going to put this link in the chat, and you're going to tell me, from this tiny little thumbnail that we can see, uh, that it has to be her. There is no way that is... In other words... If it's not her, it is the most coincidental thing that another Kelsey Battalane looks like her holding a fish. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, it, it's kind of weird that we've never seen much of her beyond this, but I guess that's not unusual for child stars. Well, it's not like you know, she's a bad of, actress, though. It's not like she's bit. terrible. She's no, actually a good actress no. for her age. No. Well, should we get to some bad actresses? Let's talk about Cara. <laughs> um, and, Burn. Um, yeah, this is, this is, this is number... Number three, that was probably a little bit harsh, but, you know, you've got to use a segue when you get the opportunity. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm always a professional, you know me. And, um, yeah, so we get, obviously, um, Matt is bumping into Kara, who is, seems to have miraculously um, healed, apart from, you know, two or three scars on her face. Um, and she's healed so well, she's turned into a different person. She's gotten um, shorter so and fatter. Also, Go back to the episode yeah. where she gets hit by the car. She is shorter and yeah. fatter. Yes, yeah. No, it's all very strange. But, um, yeah, so we get this kind of odd scene where, you know, they kind of meet at the lockers and, you know, he's trying to figure out exactly what she knows and, yeah, she doesn't remember anything and are you going to come to the prayer group and just a little set-up scene for later on, really. And um, I think this is quite a cool little B-plot that goes on in this in this episode, actually. Um, you know, that we're starting to feel the guilt and seeing these two guys handling the guilt in different ways. It's It's, yeah, I think it's quite well handled how they do all of this we need our hashtag paul matt moment for the episode um it's probably more hashtag paul henry um but yeah i mean i the, the thing i've written here is like when she walks up to him and goes matt it's me cara fitzgerald i think there's more for the audience it's like oh right because you're a different actress of course you're cara fitzgerald um but yeah what is with this school we didn't mention it you know earlier in the season when they're outside at the lockers but is this a miami thing to have your lockers outside with palm trees everywhere or is it because you know they're filming this in a back lot of la somewhere and they've got to make it look like miami oh how can we make it look like miami i'll put lots of palm trees and i'm sure their lockers are outside like I don't know if when you went to high school, your lockers are outside, but is that a thing? We never had lockers. No. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, it's not not really a thing to have lockers. So, well, yeah, we've never really had them. How's there um, in a quad, like a quadrangle? So, I mean, I guess technically they some of them were outside because all, not all of it was undercover, but for the most part, they were all undercover sort of inside, but it, it was in the school. Like, I mean, this kind of looks like it's, I don't know, like anybody could just break into these lockers on a weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. Eh? I think wonder. I wonder if they kind of have a. You, know, you have to have an obligatory scene, you know, every every now and then, just to remind you that we're actually in a, in Florida. So you know, we better we better show this just in case. Well, it's it's it's, it's kind of strange because like. I mean, I know, I think I, I think I mentioned this in another episode, but I know sort of, you know, the fact that we're covering Third Watch, also available via theoznetwork.net. Um, you know, it's New York really plays almost like a character in that show. Um, I mean, they film yeah. it in New York, so it's kind of hard to avoid it. But, like, you really get a vibe and a feel for the place it's being filmed. One thing I will say that works against Nip Tuck, and I guess maybe works for it when they literally change cities, is that you never really get a sense of where they're filming this. Like, yes, there are semi-plots here and there that, you know, you get sort of Miami, Florida-esque things. And, obviously, you get a lot of that when they go to L.A., but I, I never think you really get so attached to the fact that this is in Miami. Like, there, there's a lot of times I feel you've even got to be reminded where this is set. Um, so I guess that works their advantage when they can do certain things here and there. Um, and, 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just my feel about how it all is. But I, I guess Miami doesn't really play a huge part in this show. Um, I, I would argue when they go to LA, that's more of a character than Miami ever was. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting observation. I would have thought, yeah, we, sh- we should keep an eye on that, really, because I've always thought a little bit differently that it, it does really feel like Miami to me. And I, I don't really know why I think that. So that might be one of those things that I've always just held on to. But when we watch it back, it might not be the case. And I guess probably, you know, you've got that great scene with the crocodiles and the Everglades and the, and the yeah. pilot. Oh, well, that's so definitely, you, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but from that point onwards, there isn't a lot to kind of, other than these kind of, you know, they'll every now and then do a shot, which is kind of like, you know, here's the water and we're kind of, you know, we're by the water and this is Miami, but it doesn't really connect with the scene. It's almost like a transitional scene, really. Um, so that will be really interesting to watch and see if that's just something I've remembered. Um, I do remember feeling that when they did go to LA, it felt really jarring because it just felt like this was what made the show different is that it wasn't just another you know thing of plastic surgeons in LA, which kind of feels cliched, but Miami just made it feel a little bit fresher and different. And so let's kind of watch that and see what that looks like when you when we're thinking about it a little bit more consciously. Mm, it's, a, it's an interesting point you make about LA. It will be interesting when we get to that. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of like a, a person who always likes to get a vibe of where it's set to see if that really plays a part into it. And I mean, I guess really the only shows that I've ever watched from memory, like religiously, that were set in Miami, and you know, I was not never a CSI Miami fan, but it was kind of, it was this and Dexter. And um, I'd probably argue Dexter handled it a lot better knowing that you're in Florida or Miami than Nip Tuck. And I would, I would argue I like Nip Tuck better than Dexter. But um, it was still just, I don't know, I just found it interesting. I mean, maybe, again, I've been to Miami now, so I kind of have experienced what the city is like. And maybe from my brief time there, I kind of don't get a whole vibe of this really feels like the city I visited. Whereas, like, I can say New York will definitely feels like Third Watch or LA definitely feels like some shows I've watched from there. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being nitpicky because I, I pay attention to locations more so than some people do. I don't know. Yeah, and it might just feel like it's been slapped on as opposed to actually really well integrated. So let's kind of keep an eye on that over the next three seasons and and then we can kind of make a bit of a call. Maybe it's something we'll come back to at the end of season four mm. and have a bit of a discussion about whether or not we feel it really did play a part or not. But, um, you know, let's move on and talk about this this um, bed scene with, um, with Sean and Julia and obviously... You know, she's still dealing with her issues and, and Sean's still being a bit clumsy about the whole thing, really. Um, you know, and I don't blame him if, you, if we think about what's actually happened between the two of them. Um, and, you know, I, I think probably the big takeaway from this scene is that she wants him to get tested. Yeah, well, I mean, again, we're going back to a few episodes ago when they're just in bed reading, um, you know. Yeah. That never happens. Um, but, yeah, it's... I, I, I mean, would you want to share a bed with Sean after that? Like, I'm, if I'm in a relationship with somebody for that amount of time, I found out they've slept with someone else. I'm not going to want to sleep in the same bed with them. Um, so yeah, that's kind of an interesting yeah. take I got from that. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because I I forgot that there was this whole like you should go get tested bit, um, which I mean play, plays into a little bit after when we get another conversation between these two, but um, I like the fact that Sean, you know, I guess he's kind of gotten away with the fact that A, he can share a bed with her, but B, like, dude, are you really thinking you're going to get lucky with the wife that you cheated on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does seem, like I say, probably just clumsy more than anything else, you know, which is a, a classic Sean trait, I think, at this point, is that, you know, he does try things, but he can be pretty pretty clumsy about the whole thing so it's going to be interesting to to kind of watch and see because i think he does change i think he becomes less clumsy yeah um yeah so it's gonna be interesting to watch when that exactly happens so yeah i mean it's just a little scene that sets things up i mean you never know where those chiropractors have been so it's always good (laughs) to get tested i suppose and um let's move into um well montana waking up not as montana but as sassy yeah (laughs) she wants a juicy juice (laughs) yeah is that, a, is that a brand? Um, like you've been to America. It's I don't know that as brand. a brand. I just assume she, you know, a little kid, like, I want my milky milk. I want my, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. I've i never heard of the brand Juicy Juice. It could be. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, that's what I just assumed it was. Yeah. So, you know, you get this whole thing and, and immediately they think that it's a reaction to the anesthetic as opposed to, you know, they don't really understand that this is a multiple personality thing and, you know 
why would you think that? I guess it's probably not the first thing that's going to come to your mind. It is a brand, quickly. I just Googled it. Juicy Juice is a brand of juice and juice concentrators, concentrates geared towards children and sold in the United States using the slogan, the very best juice for the very best kids. There you go. Yeah, I, I, what made me think that is obviously we get like, you know, towards the end of the scene of the episode, you kind of get the whole thing where he comes in and he's got the, you know, the three different flavors. Mm-hmm. And it kind of made me think like, you know, it wasn't just that she wanted, you know, juice itself but it was actually that brand and he had kind of got the, the brands for her so yeah that's kind of what made me think that but um yeah so this whole thing of you know it's obviously these the second personality coming out and we transition pretty quickly into you know sean and uh, grace going i always forget her name like, we we're almost at the end of the <laughs> season she's and not I'm still more important in this show yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it's just by this point you'd think i would actually just at least remember the name but i can't yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, it just does not stick in my head. The thing, but yeah, anyway, we get the thing where they're in, they're in with the psychiatrist and talking about it, and she's just like, up, at one point there was up to what twenty five to thirty. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, um, and it, I mean that's insane. The thing, the thing that baffles me, a few things here. It's kind of like at this point, I'm honestly believing. Okay, Grace clearly isn't in this episode because when he, you know, ch- when she chucks the whole, I want my juicy juice, he goes and gets Liz. Instead of getting Grace, the psychologist, and I'm thinking, what is the purpose of Grace at this point? Uh, before ultimately we do see Grace, I, one thing I will say, I love the line when Liz is like, "Who's the president?" And it's like Al Gore. She's fine. <laughs> like just you know, subtle yeah. reference to the early two thousands when what Al Gore. I was going to say that's a dated reference now. It is it? dated, but I guess kind of it, does it almost play into you know 2017 and what we've just experienced, sort of. But I guess it wasn't quite as close as 2000 presidential election. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. but yeah. yeah, so yeah, we, we finally see Grace. Just a, a quick note, uh, and I really should be prepared with the actress's name, but I know that the psychiatrist, the 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 lady, uh, she's if you're a Lost fan, uh, she was Rose from Lost, um, and I will find her uh, actress's name very shortly to be completely professional. But yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. It's like here's Grace, like what's she been doing this entire time? You know, it's just. Oh, I just, I, I think this is just ridiculous, the fact that you have this psychologist who just isn't there. And this is one of these cases where it's like, you need a psychologist for this woman because, you know, split personality disorder is a pretty big thing. And how the hell was she not... Yeah, uh, L. Scott Caldwell is the name of the actress that I'm thinking of. She was also in The Fugitive. Uh, there you go. Um, but yeah, anyway, so... I don't know what I'm adding to this point of the conversation. I'm just still getting angry at the fact that Grace is just the most useless thing ever in Nip Tuck. Yeah, and it's all coming to an end. I mean, Aww. I think this is going to be... We're going to be sad, aren't we, at the end of the season when we have no more Grace. But, but it's, it's even like the um, plot, the plot, like, we get this great scene. Like, I do like the scene, though, when kind of... Um, Great, that Grace and Sean have that, and I am I am I jumping ahead? I think I'm jumping ahead. But like you know, when they have that kind of argument, the way Grace is kind of like you know, oh, you're just upset that I slept with Christian and not you, and the way Sean kind of stands up for himself is like, I had a problem in my marriage. I would have come on to anyone. It's kind of like, oh, I'm so glad we've solved the Sean Christian Grace love triangle. I was so you know involved in that. I mean, it was just. There is no purpose to Grace. And look, we will get to this in our season one, you know, recap episode. We'll go over the entire season and, you know, questions and all that sort of stuff. But I'm saying it now. I think I kind of tried to sort of defend her and anything earlier on in these, these recaps. No, nah, most pointless character in Nip Tuck history is Grace Santiago. Yeah, I think I'm I'm going to struggle to put up an argument against that one. Um, I, I might I might I might try for shits and giggles, but I think I'm going to struggle. With it. That's your so, homework. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a serious talk to myself about whether or not I can actually do that. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, obviously we we kind of move away from from this, and and then we get into the. Well, we probably actually should mention we've we've gotten to mention that that Sassy actually wants a breast reduction. Yes, the, you know, the boobies. That, that's the whole behind it. Yeah, that she would like to have a breast reduction, and you know, the psychiatrist recommends that they do it. Um, so that's that's kind of where we're at, and you know, that describes Sassy as the, the gatekeeper personality to all these other, you know, twenty to twenty-five that that kind of come out. So you know, these guys have obviously got a situation to think about here. You know, are they going to give this? Um, you know, are they going to indulge this request, or 
you know, is it something that they don't want to get into and, you know, they think it's just going to make the situation worse. So we kind of leave that for a moment and head back to the, the prayer group, I guess. Um, you know, I've just got Henry who seems to have checked in just to make sure that <laughs> that Cara doesn't remember anything. He's, he's a bit creepy, though, at this point, because when Matt walks in and she's, like, praying, he's just staring at her, <laughs> like, with this real yeah. goofy look on his face, like, hey, Matt, how you doing? Look at this girl, you know? Like, it's kind of like, I'm touching yeah. a female. It's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah. yeah he's... And, uh, like, the whole thing about, uh, you know, like, um, you know, before before I had the accident, I served refreshments <laughs> before after. Yeah. It's like, before, before. definitely before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, so, I, it's, it's, it's like she's a, she's the president of the prayer club and all this sort of stuff. It's like, did she just before the accident? Did she just sit here like every week and just no one showed up? Um, because you know Matt and Henry had no idea this thing existed until obviously you know they're doing this. But it's kind of where are the other people in this club? Or did she literally just form one of these clubs so in the yearbook she could be put in the yearbook as a club member? I don't know. It's kind of interesting to think that her other members are just, oh, well, she got hit by a car. We don't need to pray anymore. Maybe everybody in this school is secretly trying to get into her pants and that's the only reason why they went. Well, I mean, you know, I think the whole teenagers things, would they would they be interested in you know, going to a prayer group and it's you're probably America. going to say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was going to be my follow-up point, that it's that it's America and you kind of associate it with being a, a pretty religious place and, and certainly in, in, you know, the South, I guess. They, they, only, they only prepared, they only preferred her when she was uh, tall and skinny. Now that she's short and fat, they don't want to go to it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all very strange, isn't it? But, um, yeah, so we have this whole scene and, you know, we, we're kind of getting the... The thing of, of Henry wants to know if you know he can use this as, as a way to, you know, for penance for what he's done. <laughs> yeah, it kind of just sets up what we're going to have coming which on. Is, and- which is kind of a bit, like the bit when he's like, oh, you know, do you think God forgives criminals? And she's kind of like, oh, you know, yeah, probably. Then, like, he takes the yarmulke off as if to say, like, oh, okay, cool, I'm not Jewish anymore. It's like, hmm, are you implying you're a criminal? <laughs> Like, is her short-term memory really that bad that she mentioned before that, what did you just ask me? Why did you take your yarmulke off? <laughs> yeah, it's all a bit strange, eh? Um, but anyway, I mean, there's not much more to that scene, and we kind of move into the one with, with Christian and Gina, and, you know, he, he's gone to see her in person to say that he thinks he should keep the keep the baby, blah, 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 and, you know, she kind of pulls a bit of a fast one on him and, you know, says it's it, it's a bit too late, um, which is a bit of a bit of a bitch move, really, isn't it? In fairness to her, he was a day late. You know, we did hear the, um, <laughs> you know, how many days in a week, asshole. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see the side of it. Probably more Gina's side there, just a little bit. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a suckler for people being on time, Nick. So, <laughs> it's like, screw you, Christian. There's seven days in a week. Um, and, you're, and you're a sucker for Gina, so oh, it's like a one-two punch. Of course. Well, you didn't know I like Christian, so, you know, that was a tough decision. Oh, yeah. um, it is a tough decision, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's interesting because, I mean, you kind of do feel sorry for Christian a lot in this episode because, you know, we got that line earlier, what was it, from Julia, where she said about, you know, I'll oh, stop piggybacking off our family, go off and get your own. Um, so it's kind of, oh, okay, Christian's going to go get his own. Oh, no, sorry, got rid of it. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's it, You know, always notice that Gina at these sexaholics meetings, she's always getting up halfway through to get coffee. <laughs> like, she's just, she's bored. <laughs> it's like, wow, Gina, you're really you're missing the sex. But um, that sounded horrible. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> it's, um, it's, yeah, it's a bit of a, a tragic moment there for Christian because I guess you can kind of tell he was looking forward to it. Um, and and like, was a line when she says, like, oh, I could tell you being an uncaring father, and he's kind of hurt by that. He's like, well, you know, that's not true. So, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we're, we're going to pick up on this a little bit later as well. I mean, um, we, we kind of then move move forward with the scene. With, <laughs> again, Sean, just more clumsy Sean. This is the hashtag for this one, I think, is cl- hashtag clumsy Sean. And, you know, he's gone and got the tests, and, you know, he's, he's clean and blah, 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 and, you know. He's, his his um, blood pressure's a little bit high, and you know, has he been under any undue stress? And Julia just says, "No, nah, it's not. It's not going to happen." And you know, um, you know, we get this whole thing about what can he do and and all that. But you know, forgiveness, no lies, you know, and all that. And I guess probably the the thing that we need to really focus on in this scene is how much attention the camera pays to a shot of a photo of Matt. I guess while we're talking about 
no lies and all that kind of thing. As much as I love this show, I have to admit there are, you know, it's a show that likes to go over the top. It's not like we haven't touched that before. But there are some times when it gets a little bit soap opery. You know, it's kind of like when it's like, oh, no more lies. You know, yes, no, I believe that. I'm, I agree with you, Sean. Zoom in on Matt's photo. It's kind of like, I think maybe we didn't need that. Like, you could have just ended on Julia kind of looking a bit, like, guilty. Because then you could have been like, oh, what's, you know, what's she doing? Is it to do with kissing, you know, Christian or something like that? I mean, maybe maybe it's too open there. Maybe that's what they were thinking. But it, it kind of just comes out of the blue, I feel. Because it's kind of like, oh, Matt, oh, is this, you know, Jolly Richardson sleeping with John Hensley? Like, is this her feeling guilty for that? I don't know, but it's kind of, yeah, it's, I don't know. I just feel it's a bit a bit awkward the way they kind of just cut quickly to a zoom-in photo of Matt. Yeah, it is kind of a little bit days of our lives, isn't it? Like, it's the kind of thing you'd see on a, on a show like that, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, and... One of the things that I'm quite fascinated by is that I always associated this as a show that had these big shocker moments, but what I think I'm starting to realise is that the the shocker moments are actually very well signposted and set up in advance, and when the, when the actual hammer hits, it's not really as big of a shock as it, as it might be on other shows mm-hmm. where they really like to blindside the viewer, whereas I don't think this show does that, and I, I guess it's a deliberate move as well to kind of you know, we're not going to completely throw you under the rug. It's not a show where you're, you're going back later and looking for clues. It's not that kind of a show. So I guess it makes sense that if that's the way they do it. So that's another thing that we should probably be looking for going forwards is, you know, do we have these big, these you know, hit-you-in-the-head type, you know, blindsiding moments? And we definitely do have some of them, but I think that more often than not, we kind of get the the big reveal plays out over a number of episodes in, in smaller ways. Yeah. I definitely agree with that because, I mean, there's one that I'm thinking of, like a big, big one, which I won't even attempt to, you know, tread around because it would be just a spoiler when we get to next season. But um, just kind of thinking the reveal about what happens with that, it's, again, it's kind of when it first happens or when we first get an inkling that it's something different, we have no idea what's happening and then it's kind of just the way they build up to it. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a definitely a good point the way it is. Um, and it works for it, though. Yeah. Like, it, it does... It, it really does work. The only, I mean, look, the only one I can kind of think of that really does it is maybe the end of season five um, with how that kind of comes about. Um, and that's maybe very soap opery. But, um, yeah, yeah, that, that's a very good point with it, actually, how, how you kind of explain that. Well, I guess, and I, you know, one of the things I say about the show a lot is that it's character driven. It's not yeah. plot driven. Um, and I think that the reason that they maybe do that is because when that big moment happens, we want to be able to appreciate the way that the characters react to it rather than processing ourselves what that big plot twist means. So I guess that that's why we're doing it. And, you know, I, I personally, I like that because I, I, you know, I'm really invested in these characters and I want to see what the, what their reaction to these big moments is. So it works really well for me. Um, so, you know, I guess if we're, we're moving forwards past that scene, cause that's really all that's of, of value there. But, um, then we get into, you know, quite a critical scene for this whole episode, which is, you know, they've gone back to Montana. So this is Sean and, and Grace, sorry, have gone back to Montana and said, no, we're not going to get that operation. Um, not going to, not going to grant you that. We don't think it's in your best interest. And, um, obviously we get back to this thing about Sassy being the, the gatekeeper because this is when justice arrives. <laughs> and you know, so now we've got three characters going. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so good how it's done, eh? Like it's um, and you know I, I do like this actress. I think she's a lot of fun. Cheryl actually, the White way she does it. is her name. Just to, to preempt you yeah. there. Oh yeah, okay. No, that's good. Thanks. You've done your homework. I like that. When that no, but you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're a professional show. Um, you know, ten percent yeah, of the time. I just, I, yeah. <laughs> And that was that was the ten percent, and now we're getting into the ninety. So you know, <laughs> we 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 move, we move fast through this. Um, yeah, and I, I just love the little button on this this whole scene where Sean's just like, okay, I'm booking surgery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, just like yeah, he's just like, well, you know, I, I kind of did things by the books, and it's blown up in my face. I'm going to do what I want to do now. Yeah, it's and it's it's interesting because 
I'm like watching this thinking to myself like, well, this would be kind of easy for her to fake it to quickly get the surgery and, you know, not taking away from, you know, the disorder of split personality disease because, you know, clearly it's real because we kind of get that sort of when she goes into surgery, don't we, about how it's kind of, oh, wow, they're almost like two different people. So, you know, clearly she's not faking it. But, um, yeah, Cheryl White, great actress. I always kind of... I always got this one confused. I always thought this was the Sarah Paulson episode. Now, I don't know if you know much about Sarah Paulson, but, of course, you know, very well known for working with Ryan Murphy when it comes to American Horror Story. And, of course, last year, you know, 2016, to date this episode, um, you know, very well known for the People vs. O.J. Simpson. You know, she won a numerous amount of awards. She's a great actress. Uh, but she's in a later episode. But for some reason, I always thought she was the one with multi- multiple personalities. She's the one with the whole stigmata later coming on. So, um kind of got them confused but uh yeah it's it's a it's a very well acted scene too the way she quickly you know switches into justice such an american name um but yeah it's 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 well done and just just grace again useless fucking grace just standing there acting shocked like is she actually a psychologist like seriously like just just i i'm, I'm done defending her you suck grace <laughs> I, I'm maybe picking up some vibes here that you don't like the Grace character no, very much. No, she's be useless. <laughs> Why does she get yeah, a whole no, season of attention to him? We get like five seconds worth of Annie every three episodes. Screw you, Grace. <laughs> well, I guess the, at least what you know for sure is that it's it's short-lived pain. So that's got to be a good thing. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for getting rid of her, Ryan Murphy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right, yeah. So um, let's kind of head back and, and check in with Matt and Henry. And, um, you know, this is this whole scene in the, the, the lunchroom. And, you know, you, you know, you're talking about Henry taking off the yarmulke and now he's eating ham. And, you know, he's got this whole thing that, you know, destiny's kind of brought him to this place. And, you know, he, he's going to be with Kara and blah, blah, blah. He's going to ask her to the prom. And, the, you know, talk about the, the whole American soap opera thing. I mean, asking people to the prom, I mean, that... that doesn't get more soap opera than that, does it really? No, and we get no other reference from it after this episode. So don't get your hopes up, Matt fans, that there's going to be a prom episode with Matt. <laughs> oh, thank God there isn't. I've got to be happy about that, I think. What, what you know, what things would he do to his body at that point? I, I mean, this was this was actually a really hard episode to come up with just one quote. This is a very quotable episode, particularly when Matt says the line, if only I saved my foreskin, I would have given it to you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting, kind of the whole, you know, after the prom. And I mean, again, yeah, very soap opera, very cliche about how, like, you know, the two friends, one of them wants to ask the girl, but the girl wants to ask the other friend. It's kind of like, oh, here we go. Um, but yeah, I, I, I know guys like Henry who basically meet a girl and fall in love with her straight away. You know, uh, no, I'm not trying to put reference to the fact that that's me. Um, that's only me about three-fourths of the time, you know, or three-quarters, Ben, if you want to use your mask correctly there. Um, but um, to kind of, I guess, also date this in terms of sentences that I don't feel you would get away with in television in 2017 is a line that Kara says, I'm a social retard. Um, you know, let, let, just to really date this episode, at the moment here in Australia, there was a footballer who was caught on microphone calling another player a fucking retard. And it's, you know, big news story over here because, you know, oh, this is terrible. So he's, you know, been forced to apologize for, you know, obviously using that saying. So it's kind of, to me, it's kind of, it's poignant that we've done this episode today when this is happening in Australia because it's like, yeah, don't think you're going to get away with saying that in 2017. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's um, there's actually really not a lot to this scene other than no. it kind of I guess flips flips Henry over that he's kind of you know this you know he's decided that this is now that kind of trigger point I guess that he's going to go forwards and tell people and that's really all you get out of the scene. Yeah, and I mean it sets up a little bit, you know, like yeah, sort of mentioning. I mean, this does come into play in a future episode, um, but you know, don't get too attached to Kara. You know, I mean, it's not like they're bringing a third actress in another episode to play her. But, um, you know, spoiler alert, I, this might even be the last time we see her from memory. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't remember this being a, a big plot point going forward. There's um, mention to her, like, obviously with what happens with this whole storyline. But from memory, I don't think we see her again on screen. She's only mentioned. But, look, correct yeah. me if I'm, like... I might be wrong. I, know, I think we said in a, a couple episodes of Sophia Lopez that we don't see her again, but from, you know, I just r- realised that she's in the next episode. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
yeah, obviously, obviously not a, a critical point anyway. No. But um, let, let's let, let's move on to Christian casually watching porn <laughs> while he eats sushi. That is, um, look, just got to quickly point it out. That looks like an absolutely terrible porn film. Not not this, you know. I'm saying there's many critically, you know, accepted porn films, but that looks like the dodgy of the dodgy porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's like you know. Um, well, what's it called? Uh, I, yeah, they hold it up for a second. <laughs> yeah, isn't it called something something terrible? I can't remember, but yeah. Oh, I think she's it's not in your collection. <laughs> no, no. Well, it is on DVD, so we've got to think it's at least you know it's not an eighties porn, but it's sure as hell looked like one. Well, I mean, I think it's, it could be an eighties one. They just released it on DVD, but I mean, it, it, it's it just looks like one of those real cliche. And I guess that's what they're going for, really, isn't it? Because, you know, I mean, they're not going to show, like, an actual, you know, film. It's it's called... Hang on, I'm trying to get the scene up here quickly. Uh, but, yeah, it looks absolutely terrible. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's one of those things. If you want to if you want to immediately make the point that this is a porn, yeah. you show a really, really dodgy one. Otherwise, you know, the point could be lost. Where the boys um, aren't... This, where are you, she's covering her hand up with it. Julie's covering it. It's like, where the boys aren't something. Where the boys aren't. And then I can't see the rest of it because her hand's covering it. So... <laughs> So it's, a, so, it's a, so it's a lesbian porn, basically, where the, where the boys aren't. Where the boys aren't present? Or so? I, I really couldn't tell you the rest. But I just really quickly, seeing the cover that she's holding and, like, the photos of the girls on it, I kind of feel that that's not the one he's watching because that looks very modern with the girls, and that one he's watching is not modern. Anyway, let's, let's stop analysing the porn, all right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so um, no, no, let's not stop analysing the porn because it does get even better. Is that I, I think I've managed to pull it up on on um, on IMDb so, where the where the boys aren't a nineteen eighty nine porn and the the. the <laughs> So uh, the synopsis is an adult filmmaker is frustrated when he can't find any actors for his film. <laughs> Meanwhile, his actresses entertain themselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm in. I want to see this movie. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the great thing about porn? You really don't need much to sell it. <laughs> it's just kind of like, oh, he's trying to find actors. Oh, but they're all the women aboard, so they entertain themselves. Okay, I'm sold. Yeah, yeah. The worst part about this is that this is like an incredibly critical scene, and we haven't got past the, the shitty. This is this is going back to your point about there are no females on this podcast, right? If this was a female-driven podcast, it would have been like, oh, Christian was watching porn. But then we get into this really important scene. But a typical typical <laughs> yeah. men, we're analysing the porn. There you go. Uh, if you're a female listening to this and you have a good voice for podcasts, join us. We need you. Yeah. Yeah, this, uh, yeah, we need to move on because this is an important scene. But you know, we're never going to pass up the opportunity to analyze. It's the porn, porn, people. It's uh, porn. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just love my notes for it as well. It's like Christian watching porn. Julia comes over with a budgie. <laughs> <laughs> There's a synopsis of a porn film. <laughs> Yeah. Steals a hairbrush. It's like <laughs> cue music. So if, I, like, yeah, if I die tonight and somebody like finds these notes in my room, they're gonna think I was on like the verge of a mental breakdown or something. Like they'll make no sense to anybody. Maybe eh? he was suicidal. Watching <laughs> porn brings budgie, steals hairbrush. What sort of suicide note is this? <laughs> Yeah, so we get this whole thing of, you know, Julia comes over to, I mean, you know, has she come over just to get get the hairbrush? Because I, I assume so, yeah. but, you know, she's not going to stop, you know, not going to miss an opportunity to have a dig at Christian for not doing what, you know, he's supposed to be doing and, you know, he's a bad person and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, the whole point of the scene, I guess, is to get the hairbrush and, you know, takes it to the genetics lab. It's got good roots, apparently, which is... <laughs> I love that woman. Too. That woman behind the counter is just one of those people who are just absolutely insignificant to the entire show. She's in it for all of, what, 30 seconds? But I just love her reaction when she's like, ah, nice hair, good roots. <laughs> well, and it's like, it's, it's she's useless as well because she's like... She's uh, better than Grace. A, yeah, yeah, well, that's not saying much. But she's like, at least, at least she's brief, I guess. But she's like, you know, normally we need a mouth swab, but this will do. Yeah. It's like, well... Why did you give me that information? Either this, either this will do or it won't, and it does. So why did I need that? That's all I will say, and I, this is no disrespect to Americans, but that is a very American thing. I find like that 
Americans kind of give you like they you think they're being snarky. Like, it's a very American thing that they will say something, which is, again, it's like, well, why are you saying that to me? You don't need to. You could have just said, this will do. But, like, I, yeah. I can't even think of a reference on the top of my head, but I've found in dealing with Americans and being friends and involved in Americans, like, that's what they do. Um, and it's just, you kind of get used to it. But it, it is kind of a very noticeable thing from an outsider. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. But, yeah, just, just really quickly, I wanted to point out, so far in this rewatch, we've noticed Matt has terrible luck, hashtag poor Matt. Annie's always disappearing, hashtag where's Annie. And I'm going to start a new one here, hashtag Julia is a kleptomaniac. She is always stealing. She steals photos from Jude. Now she's stealing hairbrushes. Julia needs help. She keeps stealing shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh, an ongoing theme and we need to... Um Need to get her help, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, she's just oh, what is it? Um, what's what's uh, Hank's um, wife in Breaking Bad? Um, oh yeah, yeah. You know yeah. the random Marie. Marie, the random. You know she's a shoplifter plotline, which pays off. Um, you know she's 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 a bit of Marie. She's a bit of Skylar. <laughs> oh hey, I've got news for you. Uh oh. So. Not only is there a movie called Where the Boys Are... Are you still on the porn? <laughs> no, I just, this, this is important information. Okay, sorry. Because two, 2003, Where the Boys Aren't 17. Oh. Superstar Jenna Jameson boards a chartered flight with her all-girl entourage. The ladies have booked a flight on an all-girl airlines and are soon being given <laughs> that special personal service by the lesbian pilots and flight attendants. It got a 7.1 out of 10. Wow, okay. Uh, it's coming soon to the Oz Network. We will review where the boys are. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a runaway franchise. <laughs> it's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> the, Mar- the Marvel Climactic Universe, probably, it's referred to as... Yeah. <laughs> I just love the fact that you're still looking up this porn. Nick's discovered porn, everybody. Uh, they've just gotten porn in New Zealand. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying that you know, I, I like to, I like to be fully uh, aware of the situation at all times. So, I, I think it's time to get this train back on the tracks because I'm derailing it in, in incredibly bad detail. But uh, let, let's let's move on, shall we? And and uh, let's talk about um, uh, well, who are we talking about? Christian, sorry, no, yeah, no, no, no you're uh, Julia still in the hairbrush and the great receptionist at the the clinic i think i think we've That's kind right. of covered that haven't we just just also quickly yeah, God, no, sorry i'm on the porn now like where the seven, how many of these have they made 17 there's 14 16 uh, that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah no it's, it's just crazy it's just crazy i mean it was obviously a um a, a, a smash idea and you know like when you're onto a good thing you don't ever stop what i'm amazed by is that where the boys aren't 17 Got a seven point one on IMDb. I mean, that's pretty good going. Like, what what number seventeen in the franchise gets a seven point one? Like, normally by then you've run out of ideas, haven't well, you? So, you think so? Yeah, that's. Yeah. I've just I've just looked here. Yeah. Uh, just a word of advice: if you're at home and you're kind of in a public, don't click on Google Images. Um, if you're sort of around people, but I'm not, so it's cool. Um, <laughs> but like the cover, I, I've actually found the cover for this. Is all come to a point where we've actually got a purpose to what we've been looking at? Mainly Nick, but I've just joined the bandwagon. So uh, Christian was watching where the boys aren't 14 because the cover of that is the one that Julia is holding up. There you go. <laughs> Makes sense. We should, if we're going to be like fully, you know, aware of our situation, we probably now should go and watch where the boys aren't fourteen, <laughs> so that we can, we can, we can get to the scene that he was watching. Let's watch it right now. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we need to be on, we need to be right on top of our game. If we're going to do this, we need to do it right. So, you know, maybe that's something for us to watch. So, wow, the yeah, Google I mean, images are great. What a great invention. <laughs> yeah, coming soon, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Stop, stop. All right, come on. Yeah, I'm getting off that page. Yeah. Stop looking at porn. Okay, see? Yeah, see, anyway, um, um, Sean's going to do surgery on Montana. Um, all of a sudden, she's in top top health, top shape, um, because apparently, you know, that uh, knowing she's going to get the surgery she wants has kind of put her at, at ease and at peace. So, um, you know, we're going into the surgery, and, you know, we get this quite cool scene before beforehand where, you know, talking about, you know, Sean saying to Liz, you know, you must think I'm crazy, you know, doing this. This woman's got multiple personalities. And she, you know, she kind of says, you know, everyone's got multiple personalities, you know. 
this is what I, this is what my mother thinks of me. This is what my partner thinks of me, and my dog thinks I'm God. You know, like yeah. that's it, you know, it, yeah. So it's, it's quite a good way of putting it. That you know, is this woman really really all that crazy compared to the rest of us? She just kind of wears these multiple personalities on her on her sleeve. You know, yeah. It's it's uh, I I like this scene and kind of I like the bit. At the, and again, jumping here, but. One thing I, I will say for Sean and kind of I think you and I are really discovering all these things to him about, you know, we mentioned about how complex Christian is, but, you know, Sean's pretty much in the same boat. But, like, the scene at the end when kind of he mentions about, you know, like, oh, where does she go? And it's kind of like, oh, how do I how do I do that? Like, there's just these soft little sad moments of Sean's personality. Sometimes you're just like, oh, God, you feel bad for him, you know, just with kind of how he feels. And just, yeah, like his whole bit there when he says like as you mentioned like you know i'm a father i'm a husband i'm you know a surgeon and i i can't do surgery to basically get all these three to get along with each other um but yeah it's, it's a very well done scene i i kind of like these moments where they put things into you know perspective and it's you kind of feel like yeah well that is true and like you know i'm a podcast host i'm a porn searcher apparently um and, you know just like you think of all the different hats you wear nick you know you win all of new zealand's awards when it comes to dog trials and um, you know you work with the council you look up porn as well so not not while i'm at work at the council just just clarify and it's not dog porn all right just just i'm not saying he does no, all three of them at once that's wrong De- no, 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 definitely not. It's it's multiple lives, but not all at the same time. Yes. So yeah. It's not, <laughs> not, not, not Sorry, I'm going to get off one. Google Images. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any anyway, so we go through that, and it's you know that's quite a good scene, really, and and then we move on to the the Gina and Christian thing, where she tells him she actually is still pregnant. Yeah. And uh, you know, talking about what what this arrangement is going to be between them um, going forwards, and you know, it's. I realise that you know we you know, Christian kind of says, "What is this arrangement going to be?" And you know, and Genesis is going to be a realistic one. You know, like I want financial support. You're going to have to childproof your house. You'll get visiting rights. Blah 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 blah. You know, nothing you can't handle, asshole. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I love about their to- friend, their relationship. Though it's just, it just goes from one to another so quickly. Like you know, when she knocks on the door and he's like, "Sorry, no one's in. Can I take a message?" And she's all like, "You know, your receptionist is a bitch." And then he's just basically like, oh, how much was the procedure? And I love her line when she says, I can prove it. I can come over tomorrow and throw up on the floor. <laughs> like, it's just, it's it's kind yeah. of, you know, like we talk about the whole Christian Kimber thing, which plays out. But like, you can, yeah, Christian and, and Gina would never work. But when they have like their sweet moments, it's kind of like, well, they probably could work. It's just kind of just how they are. And like, I, I enjoyed the last couple of episodes of this season because, you know, it's really the only time we ever get Christian and Gina you know, sort of in a relate. They're not really in a relation, but you- I think you know what I mean. But it's just, it all concludes with that fantastic line when like, Christian's like, hey, watch your mouth in front of the kid. And they kind of have that nice little, like, moment. It's just, I don't know. They've just got such a unique relationship with just, they're just so much like each other. It's kind of like, I think I said, Kimber's almost like the female Christian. Like, Gina's almost a female. Like, you put Kimber and and Gina together, and look, that's coming soon where the boys aren't 18, I hope. But I yeah. I think that's perfect female Christian right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the, that's kind of the, the capper on that storyline for, for this 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 episode and uh we move into this kind of short little scene really between matt and henry where we get into you know he's he's we're, we're back in this outside locker room and you know talking about he's going to go and tell Cara what happened and you know he he feels guilty about it. now and um, i think i've said a few times this has been a, it's been a very long time since i've rewatched, especially these first few seasons now you know, without giving too much away, Ben, is there a big payoff for this whole thing with Kara? Yeah, there, there you know, is. There, I mean, that's kind of like was my reference before where I don't think we see her, but, um, yeah, I can't really say too much about giving away, but there is, I can't even remember if it's in the next episode, um, but there definitely is a payoff in terms of, of Henry and Kara. There is, there is. Um, and look, I'll refresh your memory off air perhaps, but um, for sure, there definitely is. Yeah, we we definitely see Henry time. at least once or twice, but I yeah, I yeah. just can't remember if we see Cara Cara, Cara uh, the, you know her again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, it was just something that I didn't remember what that was. So I think, and you know, I wouldn't have thought that the show would be lazy enough not to go there. They generally like to try and tie all the loose ends Except together, especially in these first few <laughs> seasons. So yeah, yeah. 
So we can kind of move past that see, that episode and um, sorry that's that scene and um, we're, we're looking at Montana who's come out of surgery and she's in the sassy personality and you know she's really happy that she's kind of you know, had that surgery and everything's good and you know I guess the the nice little capper that we get on this this whole scene is that Sean kind of talks to you about you know how do I get to where you go you know you go underneath yeah. you know with personalities and you know we kind of get that pain that he's feeling that you know he he would like to kind of escape from his kind of reality at the moment. And, um, yeah, I think it's been quite a compelling, you know, uh, patient for this episode. I think I, I really like what we've got out of her throughout this whole episode and how it's tied back to Sean really well. And it's kind of one of those ones where, you know, sometimes both the, both the doctors kind of have a bit of a, a, a payoff with the patient, and sometimes it's just one of them. And this is definitely one that's very Sean-focused, isn't it? And I feel it's more so Sean a lot of the times. Like, I mean, just thinking sort of ahead. I mean, we get the whole self-harm person, don't we, that kind of relates to Sean at the end. And, um, you know, it's... And that's kind of like where Sean's character is interesting, how, you know, sure, Christian has certain elements, but, yeah, it, it's almost like just the growth of Sean across the seasons about what you mentioned before about how he, he is clumsy, but, you know, he doesn't ultimately become that way, you know. It's kind of, it's just, it's fascinating how it all happens with it. But, yeah, I, I just think it's such an interesting scene and, you know, when the way Sean sort of says it and props to Dylan Walsh again. I, I feel we haven't really given him a whole lot of props to his acting abilities across these episodes, but, you know, it's very believable. You just feel very, you feel very much for him and, um Again, it's interesting to say those words because, you know, again, he has cheated on his wife this season. Um, yes. But, yeah. again, yeah. it's still like you feel for the man. So, yeah, it's, it's it's very interesting but very well done. Yeah, well, it's a testament to both the writing and the acting, you know, that we're getting that you can't completely hate or love anybody on the show. You know, they've all got their flaws and they've all got their, their strong moments. And, yeah, it is really hard because there there isn't, ever a moment where you can truly take one side from the other that you know just whenever you kind of think oh you know i, I really take julia's side then you know the sand shifts and you find yourself taking sean's side and then it moves again you know it's it's just so hard to really get to one point with any of these characters and that's what makes the show so good and these characters really worth investing in i think yeah yeah completely agree yeah so we finish up with this this scene where julia arrives with Presumably, I mean, we've, we have, we've kind of talked around it a little bit, but obviously, you know, she's taken, you know, a sample of her, you know, I don't think we're... She we're basically thinks Matt is Christian's son. I think that's kind of what we've dodged around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, well, I'm not sure that we dodged around it other than that we were too busy talking about porn. Yeah, but well, that's I, I, yeah, too. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so I think basically, you know, the payoff here is that, you know, she's going to... You know, she goes to see Christian about this, so you can read into that whatever you want. Um, but you know, she she's going to tell Christian something, so I think we can probably start to make some pretty educated guesses about what that might be. And um, you know, she's she's about to kind of tell him some information, and then she realizes that he's not alone, that Gina's there, and you know, so we we get a little bit of, of banter between the two of them. And um, yeah, I really love the final line in this episode mm. where. I, She's she's walking out back through the door and, and Christian kind of says to her, you know, you know, do you think I'll make a good father? And she just says, I hope so. And I think that's just a really good way to finish the episode. It kind of feels like the right way to finish this whole thing. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, I just love it. You, you know, it's just like kind of real quick into this episode and it kind of feels like the right way to end it, I think. Completely agree. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, again, kind of it's that classic trope cliche of, you know, oh, character wants to come in, tell something big, you know, character interrupted by the character, character kind of dodges around what they really want to say. But it, it's not done in a way where you're like, oh, here we go, like kind of going back to when we were talking about the whole prom situation, like this is done completely different. Um, you know, classic Gina moments when she's talking about the toilet paper and just all that sort of stuff. And even just when Gina meets somebody new, it's just kind of like, you know, nice to meet you, just walks out. Like, I just love when Gina's trying to be nice to someone. It just comes across almost as fake. Um, but it's like, it's done in a way that it's just, you know, that's just Gina. 
But, um, yeah, just the shock Julia obviously finds out about, you know, the fact that he's going to be having a baby and everything. And it's kind of interesting the way Christian says it. Like, oh, I sort of listened to you when you said I should go out and get my family. It's like, um, so what, you just went and got a woman pregnant because I told you to? <laughs> like, that's yeah, yeah. the way he kind of says it. But, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with what you said. I've really got nothing else to add and kind of how it ends because I, I yeah, think it's definitely the perfect way to end the episode. Yeah, and like I kind of said at the top of the episode, I think this is kind of, a lot of stuff kind of gets put on ice now and we get into the, like this two-episode arc to finish the epi- the season, which is really, you know, we kind of go back to what we started the season with. Yeah. So all the stuff in the middle has kind of been building these characters and their relationships and we kind of just hit pause now for a little while and we deal with what happens at the end of this, this, epi- this season, which in a lot of ways has nothing to do with what happened in the middle and I don't know how you feel but I'm totally cool with that because I think it's a good ending to the season but we do kind of press pause on a lot of things just for a little while so this is kind of like a an like this is almost the first ending to the season yeah um in a weird way and yeah so we kind of just close things off and then we've almost got like it's almost like a movie to finish isn't that like this kind of two-part movie that finishes the I'm, I'm talking ahead because that's stuff for the next episode but yeah so i'm just saying that we've got a bit of a cl- in my thinking this is the first ending of of two for the season well, it's an interesting way of putting it i haven't really thought about that but for sure i mean but I, like one thing i will say which you kind of touched on before it's like one thing nip tuck you know 95 percent of the time does really well is it covers all bases when it comes to plot lines so it's kind of like we've gotten this sort of you know who is Christian maybe the father like oh you know this is going to be a dramatic thing and like obviously this is something that's not forgotten about you know we find the answer to that question eventually so um, and it's kind of like as you were saying like we sort of you know swing around to a couple of great moments in the last couple of episodes which kind of I think we touched on you know from the very beginning of this season and it's you know it's, it's a good arc how it comes across um, so yeah, I completely mm, yeah. agree with you. And there's there's very little that Nip Tuck does that is goes unresolved. Uh, there are some. Don't get me wrong. Nip Tuck isn't perfect, and I'm not just talking about Grace. Um, but yeah, it's still it's done well. And look, these last two episodes, uh, you know, some of the best I feel in Nip Tuck. Like they just work so great. Um, and I, I I'm really looking forward to the next two episodes for sure. Yeah. Oh, well, I think we can probably finish there and, and um, talk about whether or not we're going to buy rent or, or bin this episode. So where are you kind of looking to go with Look, this one? I think this is maybe only a renter. Just It's not a bad episode. It's, but I mean, again, kind of you, just, you compare it and if you've got to be kind of, um, I guess, unbiased and all this sort of stuff. I mean, it's the good parts are great. The bad part, the one's not really bad parts, but I don't know. It just feels, it's not one of these ones where you're kind of like, wow, like I need to watch this again. I just feel it's kind of, it's a good episode, but it's not one that maybe I would lose sleep over if I skip this one. Yeah, I think I'm totally there as well. It's a real middle-of-the-road episode. I think there is a, a few little things that are quite important to it, but you know, if I'm going to go back to the point I just made, I think if this was the ending to the season, you'd be disappointed. And so I think if it's from that perspective, I think you definitely need to rent it. Um, you know, there is some important stuff, but there's a lot of frivolous stuff as well. So, yeah, there's certainly nothing particularly wrong with the episode, but nothing that's, that's kind of going to blow you away with it either. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, cool. So um, it's a a really good place to finish. And obviously we're getting into a couple of, I think, really cool uh, episodes that finish this season. So I can't wait to talk about them because there's some pretty, pretty powerful stuff that comes out of those last couple of episodes. And yeah, it it takes on a whole different tone than anything else you kind of see in this episode, the season since episode one. So looking forward to talking about them. Get ready for more Escobar. That's all I can say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're looking forward to doing that. So um, thanks for sticking with us through this one. And uh, we'll uh, come back to you with episode 12, Antonio Ramos. So uh, that's it from me. So it's uh, Nick and Tangles Away. And uh, my name's Ben. And I can't have sex with you right now. I'm sorry. I just can't. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. 